Hey, everybody. It's Dave Bjork here, research evangelist and patient advocate, and welcome to the Research Evangelist Podcast, where I get to interview people in life sciences who are, what I say, brilliant but not famous, and uh, they're all famous and well-known in their, their fields, but my next-door neighbor might not know their name. So uh, my job is to introduce the world to these amazing people, and I am super excited today to have um, a friend of mine, uh, Pam Gardner, on the program. And Pam is a, uh, I've heard her described as a connector, rainmaker, and transformational leader. And I would say yes to all of those. Uh, those are all uh, words that use, people use to uh, describe uh, Pam when asked to describe her. So um, in 2003, she transformed the notion of how biotech companies and their providers collaborate to advance science into a thriving business. Her women-owned business called uh, Biotech Vendor Services brings next-generation technology to labs, universities, and manufacturer whose mission is to ultimately save lives. So, Pam, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Dave. So happy to be here. Awesome. So let's start out by uh, having you tell us about um, uh, your company, BVS. Um, yes, thank you, Dave. Um, so BVS, um, I started it in 2003. And what we call our service is speed dating for scientists. It's where we bring in the latest and greatest um, technologies um, for the scientists to evaluate, and they can go table to table and learn about those technologies. Obviously, with um, we, we normally do it in person, but with COVID, now we do it in the virtual model. In addition to that, um, BVS also collaborates with um, other organizations. Um, one of the organizations we work with is Biosupply Management Alliance, and um, that's related to supply chain issues that are happening within supply chain. And that's really ramped up, especially with um, COVID. So that's that's what we do. Yeah, so it really goes way beyond what uh, what I would call just a networking um, events. I've been to many of your events, and I think a lot of the people who come there come really with a purpose and really to um, to connect with the right people. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, and as you said, um, I'm a connector, and people are able to connect, whether it's um, to find a job, to work on collaborations, etc., and also the scientists, often they come to one of our um, scientific events and they find out about a technology that they wouldn't have otherwise known about. So that's really where it's of great benefit, especially to the scientists or somebody in, in purchasing, as well as just the overall network where you know, we, we come together to bring various people from different companies together and meet. Well, I've been to many of the events and I've been to a lot of the online events that you've been hosting uh, during the COVID uh, experience that we're going through. And I think they're really awesome. They really are. Oh, they, thank you. The people get to set up, the, your vendors get to set up tables and people can bounce from room to room. And and uh, they're really, I, I feel like there's very genuine, authentic conversations happening, you know, that people are taking advantage of it. So uh, what was your inspiration for starting the company? Well, you know what? Um, it's it's interesting. In my life, it often I've been at the right place at the right time, and there's been a bit of serendipity, just like it was with you and I meeting. We got introduced by somebody, and then it blossomed into a great friendship and collaboration. Um, my neighbor was actually in the science industry, and she said there was a need to help suppliers um, connect to the researchers 
you know, after 9-11, it became harder and harder to get appointments. Security was um, tighter. But this was a unique way to actually have the trade shows on site and now virtual um, at the biotechs and pharmaceutical companies. And, you know, I had my other job with EDS. I didn't know anything about science, but I thought, you know what, I'll give it a try. You know, I, I did a kickoff meeting. And um, a month later, I was up and running and going and haven't looked back. I've done things throughout the nation and um, just love being in biotech and and everybody I've, I've met and just great collaborations and and um, network that has been developed. Well, you know, I, I, I go back to this thinking about a lot of the networking events that happen at least in Boston. Now you're in San Diego, but I know you spend a lot of yeah. time in Boston and yep. I go to a lot of these uh, biotech events and some are, some are great, some are not as great, but I think what's, what I've learned about you is that everybody knows who Pam Gardner is. And so it's really <laughs> not a stress to say that you are, you know, a connector and a rainmaker because I've bumped into many people since we've met who, you know, who do know you. So with the COVID, uh, what, you know, what's, what's the, uh, forecast, do you think, for, for 2021 for, for BVS? I guess we're just going to keep going in the current online uh, process for now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll definitely, I, I see that continuing um, into late 2021. It may be even the whole of 2021 that we can't do uh, in-person events. And, and you know, I must, I must admit, it's, it's like when all of a sudden COVID hit and everything crashed and all of a sudden there was not these in-person events. I mean, you know, I had my, my own struggle with it. It's like, okay, how do I pivot? How do I find the right software, et cetera. And, you know, for a moment, like, you know, I even kind of had a loss of identity because it was like, you were so used to being with so many people and doing these events on, on, on site. And, um, but yeah, I found a great platform to do these um, in which we have video cameras, et cetera. And, um, you know, we've been doing just a lot of different programs. We did something on COVID um, with all the therapeutic companies and the top diagnostics companies also did um, a program on systemic racism, um, as well as, you know, the technology um, showcases. So it ended up that we were able to pivot and, um and then, like I said, I'm very active with the other organization, BSMA, that is focused on making sure the supply chain um, issues are addressed. Yeah, that's awesome. And 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 by the way, thank you for uh, allowing me a shout out for the biotech games back in, um, I believe it was in August uh, at one of your events. So I, I really appreciate that. And and yeah, I'd now like to I'd, now I'd really like to to jump into what I think is going to be the fun part of this conversation. And we met uh, the first time we had a, a, a really uh, long conversation, I recall. And you described yourself as, are you ready for this? The badass butterfly. So uh, <laughs> as you described it, of you know, fearlessly on a mission to help others tackle the tough equity issues of female empowerment and systemic racism, to break down the barriers that exist within the system, which we all know, um, exist, right? So let's talk about that. First of all, the name. <laughs> I love the name. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? It's it's interesting. It's it's um, actually one of my friends gave it to me because 
actually, um, last year I won the Athena Pinnacle Award, and and that's recognition for women that are making a difference in the lives of other women in STEM. And I had this butterfly dress on, and I went on stage, and I talked about you know with butterflies sometimes their wings can get nipped or they can fall down, but we get back and. And I, you know, I, I said that I said to myself, you know, um, I'm a, I'm an empowered, um, healthy butterfly. And my friend said to me, you know, Pam, with that dress and the way you spoke when you won the award, she goes, you are a badass butterfly. And I said, thank you. She goes, you, you just own it. And so that's, that's become the name. And, you know, everybody that knows me, knows that I'm a very kind person and I'm doing things in an empowered way. So badass can sometimes have that connotation of tough and rough and whatever, but, but it's, it's more that I want, um, especially women to have visibility, to be their authentic self, um, to really be empowered. And so that's what I consider a badass butterfly to be. And that's what I've become over time, you know, you know, I've had issues, you know, in my transformation as well, where maybe I wasn't as confident or whatever. And so now I want to share with um, women um, how to become that badass butterfly. Well, it really is about the confidence. And I remember we talked about that when we when we first met and we've had follow up conversations regarding that, because sometimes I I don't have uh, the, all the confidence um, in myself either. So uh, what the the I think the angle that you bring to it is is really uh, is really cool, and I appreciate the fact that you had my friend Chris Draft, former NFL player, uh, on mm-hmm. one of your uh, programs um, later late in the summer. And how how was the how, what was the uh, the feedback on on that particular program? Maybe you can share share with us. Yeah, so it was it was called breaking through the barriers of systemic racism. And um, it was it was great because we, you know, when the in the first panel, we talked to p- people of color who had spoke about the issues that they had growing up. And most of them that have gone to that higher place, um, actually, they had a really good mentor, whether it was their parents saying, okay, as a black person, this is the way you need to act to get ahead, or somebody within um, their organization that helped to you know, promote and, and really champion them along the way. That was kind of the theme of that. And then also as um, a white person is recognizing maybe how our um, life was different than theirs growing up and to have that um, understanding and respect and um, you know, how do we work, work together? And, you know, we also, um, you know, the head of um, diversity inclusion of uh, Biogen was there and they were talking about, you know, what they were doing. And then we had some other speakers that were talking about, you know, some out of the box ideas, you know, how do, how do we bring more equality into the workplace? And, and even the speakers, they got a lot from each other um, from hearing what all the other organizations were doing. So I was very excited about that. And a lot of common themes between the speakers too. I remember I had some I had some really interesting conversations with some of the the people during the breakouts and talking about things like the conversation that they have with their kids. And, mm-hmm. and I shared with them as as a white person, you know, that my children, I have three boys, and that they, they all are very aware of um, systemic racism that 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 takes place. They see it in the news. They see, and I'm really I'm really pleased that you know that my kids. I'm raising kids, you know, to have that you know that sensitivity that 
you know, support what you do. So you talked about, um, you mentioned serendipity. I know, I know, you know, I'm a huge believer in, in, in serendipity. Mm -hmm. And um, are there other things um, that have, that have happened to you um, that have sort of shaped your career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, thanks. Thanks for asking that. You know, it was interesting because when I was in college, I was like the only one of my friends that wanted to um, go overseas and um, do a student work abroad program. And when I got over there, I thought, you know what, I'm going to just easily find a job and it's all going to work out. And I remember going up and down the streets of London in my blue suit, hair in my ponytail and um, thinking, I'm going to get hired right away. I'm I'm smart. I have two, you know, accounting and finance degree and everybody just kept, you know, shutting me down. And in the last place I went, they're like, why do you want to work here? I go, I'm about to run out of money. I don't want to call my parents and I don't want to go home. I promise you I can do this job. Please hire me. And, and they did. It was like, it was, it was read, read accountancy. And, and yeah. And so, so then it was just doing things with conviction because I, I technically did not have the experience to get the job, but it, it, you know, at one point I was like, I wanted it so badly that, you know, I just said, Hey, you know what, this is a situation. I, I promise you I can do it. And then I came back and, um, you know, works um, directly for the company. And then, um, you know, I always wanted to work on wall street and I was at the Pittsburgh airport Um that was two hours from where I grew up. And I just started randomly talking to this lady, you know, kind of serendipitous thing. And she's like, Hey, have you ever considered working for electronic data systems? And I, and I knew that they did work on computers. And I said, the only thing I've used my um, computer skills for is, is to do my resume. And she goes, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll train you. And, um, I ended up getting back to her like three months later and she remembered our talk and she goes, I'm sending you straight to the hiring manager. And I went to work for EDS. It was so out of my element. Um, I learned, I had to learn COBOL and assembler. Um, and if I didn't um, pass, I didn't have a job. And so that was like where my motivation and conviction came from. But, you know, I think when I first came there, my boss is like, I think she's going to make it like two weeks <laughs> because she doesn't know what she's doing, <laughs> but they didn't know like, um, you know, the conviction that I had behind it. And I ended up working for the company for 12 years. And um, in addition to that, at one point, like five years into working for the company, there was a memo on my boss's desk. It wasn't meant for me, but I read it and it says looking for expats to go overseas. And he says, well, it's for the banking industry. You don't have experience in that. And I said, well, I don't care. I want to, I want to apply. I lived in England before I applied and I got it. And then that led to um, a six and a half year expat assignment um, where I was in the UK, South Africa, the UK. And I ended up visiting 40 different countries and just experiencing so many different cultures. Wow. That's, that's quite a story. Uh, it's really quite a journey that you've been on, but I can, I can understand now the, the badass butterfly that lives within you. I I, I can see it. It's, this didn't just start. This is this is something that's been um, been building um, for you over the years. And in fact, you you um, beyond the Athena San Diego Pinnacle Award, you you also were nominated for um, San Diego Business Journal's Women Who Mean Business. So, what was that? And and how did that recognition make you feel? You know what. Um... 
it's it's actually with both of um, these it 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 made me feel really good. Um, the Athena Pinnacle Award in particular, because I actually won um, that award, um, made me feel really great because it was for the work that I had been doing for only a year, which was women breaking the barriers of science and their male champions. It was a nationwide um, series that I did um, in San Diego, um, San Francisco, as well as Boston. And we had over 300 attendees there and we addressed equality issues, sexual harassment issues, et cetera. So really winning the Athena award was just really, really special. I was so proud. I think it was like one of my proudest moments um, when I when I actually won that award. So yeah, there's there's really something special about being being recognized like that. And I think I saw that speech actually I think you shared that speech with me that you gave um, mm -hmm. at that at, you know at that event. So tell us I read a little bit about breaking through the barriers of science and you just mentioned something that I wanted to touch on. And the and the role that men play in in this um, helping to empower women. So, can you tell me about the breaking through the barriers of science? What what that program is? Yeah. So 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 really, it was called breaking through the barriers of science and um, or women breaking through the barriers of science and their male champions, because you know. Um, it's like we as women, we can talk about the issues that are happening with just women, but I thought it was really important to bring the men into the conversation. So the men that came talked about what they're doing to champion women, um, how they're bringing up the confidence of, of women. Um, you know, we had CEOs of, of different, different companies, et cetera. And, you know, the other thing we also address was, um, sexual harassment. Um, at the time when I did um, my first event um, back in 2018 in June in San Diego, there had just come, come out with a 300 page report that said the STEM industry was second to military in the number of abuses related to sexual harassment. And it also addressed the equality issues, you know, that, um, women, you know, their, their papers don't get out, um, as, as often or, or published or compared to their male colleagues, um, they're not making, um, the same pay. And it's like, really, how do we as men and women work together to bring that equality into the workplace? Well, it sounds like adding that, the, the, the men into that equation is, is something that was really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think as women, we can talk about the issues together and collaboratively, we can uplift each other, but we've got to have the men in the conversations because they're critical to um, resolving these issues. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you, you must've had a lot of positive uh, senior people um, participating. Yeah. Yeah. In, in all three of our programs, we had really high level um, CEOs and, um, really some of the, the, the top people, um, coming, um, to the event or speaking at the event on the panels and, and really wanting to contribute. That was the one thing is, is once I set up the program, just, I didn't have anybody that really said, no, they didn't want to speak on the panel. Everybody was super supportive. All, all of the organizations were super supportive. You know, the events got, um, published in magazines and in the paper and, um, and I was at on NPR um, in in Boston too. So 
so it, it really got a lot of visibility. That's so, that is just so awesome. And I, I keep going back to rem remembering when we first met and the introduction was, you know, she, Pam, you got to meet Pam. And she has this company at BBS and she has events all over the country and everybody knows her and she's, she's the best, but it really is all this other, these other things that really are, are, are passions of yours. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that this is kind of, you know, what the, you know, what the next chapter looks like for you. Like what, so what is the, what does the next chapter look like for, for Pam Gardner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah, because I have the scientific side of the business, but really my true passion is, is um, especially empowering women in, in science to get to their highest self, um, to address, you know, visibility, confidence, et cetera. And um, I have a, a program um, coming up in um, December. Um, it's like how to rebound into your greatest comeback for 2021. And in interviewing lots and lots of people, I mean, everybody's experiencing loneliness. There's been a drop in confidence. There's been a drop in motivation. Um, you know, many women are taxed with taking care of their kids while trying to um, do their, their job. And there was a McKinsey study that said, you know, one of four corporate women we're thinking about leaving the industry because of all the stress that's happening with COVID. So um, going to do, you know, a complimentary program in December to sort of talk about that. But then coming up in January, um, I want to do a 60 day program where we really take a deep dive into um, how do we reset from 2020? Let's look at our limiting beliefs. Um, you know, how do, how do we go to that next level? And, with with just all, all this unsettledness and uncertainty, you know, how do we build up the confidence? How do we get motivated? How how do we look at our goals? Because I think this year, a lot of people were just in survival. Yeah. So when is that in January, you said? You know what? So um, the um, I'm going to do um, just like kind of a, a basic two hour um, event in December. And then in January, I want to pull it into a 60-day program where we have a support system where we can all be accountable to really um, break through those um, limiting beliefs that we have that are keeping um, especially women uh, from getting to that next level. Well, I think that's really important. I think I think a lot of people are looking for or are in need of a reset, you know, given what, mm -hmm. what we all went through uh, in 2020. So I'm excited about that. How do people find out more about that? You know what, um, on www.bvs, B as in boy, V as in Victor, S as in Sam, connection.com. And that will be on our calendar. That's awesome. Well, you know, I'm, I, I I always go to your events. So, you know, I, you I know I'm, you I'm do. Definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely going to stay involved. And it's interesting that neither one of us, you know, come from a true scientific background. And yet, you know, we have found our, our role, you know, within the industry. And, and as you know, I'm the research evangelist and, and, and I really feel like shining, you know, a bright light on people who are doing good work is something that's, that's really, that's really close to, to my heart. And some of the things that you're working on that are close to your heart, I think, I just feel like it's coming from a, from a very unique angle. And, you know, given your, your background, I think it was really, uh, I can see how it's all, 
you know, it is who you are today. So I want to ask you, you're from, you mentioned that you're from, from Pennsylvania, from rural Pennsylvania, about two hours from Pittsburgh, I think. And t- can you tell me something about your childhood or some, anything that uh, you can point to that sort of also had uh, impact on the direction of your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Actually, the town that I grew up in was called Crescent, Pennsylvania. There was only about 3,000 people and not a lot of diversity. Um, My mom was one of the few moms that actually worked. um, And she actually went on to get her master's degree in nursing. So she was like a great role model for me. And, And also like what's something to bring up is like when I was growing up, you know, I went through some bullying and I always did everything to conform. I wanted to look like everybody. I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to be picked on. And just as I've, I've gone through, you know, my own transformation, it's like, it's just so important to be your authentic self and to be out there in the world. And like you said, a badass butterfly, but, you know, growing up, I, you know, I had a lot of insecurities and things that happened. Um, but my mom did play a role model that just sort of said, you know, um, women can be super successful. And, um, and that's, that's why I think I took a lot of risk and got into different areas because that's how my mom was. Well, I have interviewed some interesting, really interesting people on my show. That, and you'll be seeing more of them with some of the upcoming um, episodes. But one of the common things that I've heard from all of my guests is this belief in mentorship and, you know, in, in life sciences. As a researcher, mm-hmm. some of them talk about being like an apprenticeship, you know, where they're, but, but, I, but I've, I'm, I'm seeing this trend of people like you who really, truly, you had, you had mentors when you were younger and you strongly believe in, you know, the role that you can play as a mentor. So do you, do you think that your programs are having uh, interest and impact on some of the younger women in life sciences? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And I think the, the younger that people can get this information. So, so, so Dave, there's, there's the external world and it's, you know, and it's kind of like your age or your sex or your race, etc. But what I'm teaching women, and it can start at a very young age, is how do we have that internal confidence? Because if you look at, you know, some of some of the um, people that even some of the billionaires or people like Oprah, they didn't come from a good place. And, and they had everything kind of going against them, but they had this internal fire and desire to um, be more successful. And I'm kind of addressing, okay, how, how do we, you know, deal with the external? How do, you know, the external, you know, provide mentorship and allyship, et cetera. But how do individuals um, internally have that drive and confidence? Because that's ultimately what will make you surpass against any of your external circumstances. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So, uh, outside of outside of your work, now I know you're I know you're a badass butterfly, and I I I'm I just I, I still shake my head. I'm shaking my head. You can't see me, but I'm shaking yeah. my head because it's just so awesome. Um, mm-hmm. What do you What else are you passionate about, or what? Are, maybe tell us something that people might know about about you. You know what? Um, I'm super passionate about um, travel. And going to unique places. I, I I just went to New Zealand right before um, COVID shut down, 
And like I said before, I've been to 40 um, different countries. I'm very passionate about um, my daughter, who's 14 years old. Um, also passionate about doing things outside. I'm fortunate enough to live in Del Mar, where I'm very close to the beach. And so I, I can do the beach walks. But I also do a lot of um, self-development work spiritual work. I, I think meditation is is very important. Uh, I, I used to be a much more stressful person, but through doing meditation and, you know, um, each each day and really working on my own internal self, um, it's just this inner peace that kind of got me through um, COVID, having appreciation and gratitude for, you know, the little things in life. That's awesome. Well, you know, I have I have three kids. I have three boys. They're in mm -hmm. the 20s now, but um, I, I remember when they were 14. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult age. I, I've never had a 14 year old daughter, but I have friends who had 14 year old daughters. Um, I'm curious to know if 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 any of the badass butterfly is rubbing off on her, or is she not ready for that yet, or, is that, or emotionally? <laughs> what do you think? You know what? It's it, it's it's a, it's interesting. Um, because um, she is, um, I have to share something funny with you. She's super um, black and white and literal. And in my Athena speech, when I said sometimes the butterfly's um, wings will, um, you know, get torn or they fall down, but they're able to get back up. And she goes, mom, if that happened to a butterfly, they would die. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, and, and so she she kind of sees me out there and she's like you know you're you're like positive and you believe in all these things and she goes mom I think it's all a placebo effect and, but 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 there's there's a part of me that I know she sees this and as she gets older she thinks it's a little bit like oh my gosh my mom's a bit out there and whatever but I trust that she's seeing that role model and after she gets through her teenage years um she'll be like, wow, my mom's cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think, I think I saw that with my, with my kids, you know, once they got past their teenage years um, and we're fortunate that our kids are, are good guys and, and my wife and I are super proud of them, you know, and the one thing I remember, think of, was funny was my, my son, Mike, my middle son, uh, you know, we talk about thinking if, if you're cool or not, you know, I happen to like Wiz Khalifa, who actually is from mm -hmm. the Pittsburgh area. So, mm -hmm. or maybe it's actually from Pittsburgh. And when Mike was in college, he he would tell his friends, "Yeah, my dad likes Wiz Khalifa." They're like, "Oh man, your dad's so cool." So <laughs> I thought that was, that was pretty funny. So, mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, um, anything else, Pam, that you that you'd like to share with um, with my with my audience about about your work or things that you're thinking about doing or well, well, you know what, what I want to share is kind of what my motto is, is do it despite the fear. In, in all the things that I've done, I didn't always have the qualifications. And believe me, there was fear. And there was um, just like, how am I going to do this? Um, but the important thing is to keep taking that next step and keep taking that next step and just surrender and having that trust that it will all work out. I, I think sometimes we can be so much in our comfort zone and also just really saying to people, what can you do to mentor or ally somebody to make a difference in somebody's life? Um, because if we all did that, you know, the world would be um, such a better place. And we all can do our do that um, and do our own part by by doing things like that. So 
Well said. Well said. I think that's a great, uh, a great uh, cap off of this program today. So, uh, Pam, thank you so much uh, for being on the Research Evangelist podcast. It's been fun to catch up with you, as always. And thank you, thank you all uh, to our listeners for tuning in, and uh, and uh, hopefully see you on the next podcast. So, uh, Pam, again. Badass Butterfly, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you so much, uh, Research Evangelist. This was fun being here with you today.